Welcome to day 135 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, we're in our third season, the story of the prophets, and the prophets lead Israel through a very difficult time. Uh, the nation of Israel is divided into two. They're often at odds with each other. Uh, they're often, you know, very far from God. Uh, the southern kingdom, or the northern kingdom, has already been wiped out. The southern kingdom is standing in need of judgment, and Habakkuk is looking at God's judgment coming, and uh, he is different from all the other prophets. He's, he's not speaking to the people on behalf of God. He's voicing his complaints to God. And as we said yesterday, as a, as a model of honest prayer, bringing both your questions and your uh, and your you know and your complaints you know before the Lord and resolving them in his presence so the rhythm of it is you know that uh, Habakkuk voices a complaint and then the Lord answers and he's astonished at the Lord's answer so he voices a second complaint and that's how can you use an unrighteous people to judge your people and uh, so we today we uh, pick up in chapter 2 and in verse 2 and we get the Lord's answer to the second complaint and then tomorrow we'll talk about how uh, Hosea, Habakkuk, rather, finally, have I been calling him Hosea? No, oh, no. Okay, just the first time. Uh, Habakkuk finally resolves us in the Lord for prayer. I'm Paul, here with Matt, Katie, and David as we continue uh, through. And, and we always, we, we, we come to God's Word with just an awe the, of what it is. You know, it, it's the heart of God revealed, you know, in, in Scripture and it is the power of God for the transformation of his people uh, to enjoy his presence and, and, and to live in his blessing and to be a blessing you know, to the world around us. So we always come in awe of what God can and will do through his word if we uh, will allow him. So Matt, you mind just lifting us up in prayer as we begin to read through Habakkuk? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word and we thank you um, that it reveals your heart and character to us, that you continually um, demonstrate and remind us who you are through your word and and father you shape us through it and, and so we ask as we read that we would not just be hearers of the word but doers as well and um, and father that you would you would be glorified in this time as we read and discuss and um, and and think about what it means to be your people um, father would you um, continue to be with us give us wisdom as we read um, father move us to be your people um, in this place, that, that your name may be glorified. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Habakkuk 2, beginning in verse 2. The Lord replied, Write down the revelation to make it plain on tablets, so that a herald may run with it. For revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Uh, th though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up, his desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Indeed, wine betrays him, he is arrogant and never at rest. Because he is greedy as the grave and like death is never satisfied, he gathers to himself all the nations and takes captives all the peoples. Will not all of them taunt him in ridicule and scorn, saying, Woe to him who piles up stolen good and makes himself wealthy by extortion. How long must this go on? Will not our, your creditors suddenly arise? Will they not wake up and make you tremble? Then you will become their prey, because you have plundered many nations. The peoples who are left will plunder you. For you have shed human blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Woe to him who built his house by unjust gain, setting his nest on high to escape the clutches of ruin. You have plotted the ruin of many people, shaming your own house and forfeiting your life. The stones of the walls will cry out, and the beams of the woodwork will echo it. Woe to him who builds a city 
with bloodshed and establishes a town by injustice. Has not the Lord, Lord Almighty determined that the people's labor is only fuel for the fire, that the nations exhaust themselves for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Would to him who gives drink to his neighbors, pouring it from the wineskin till they are drunk, so they can gaze on their naked bodies. You will be filled with shame instead of glory. Now it is your turn. Drink and let your nakedness be exposed. The cup from the Lord's hand is coming around to you, and disgrace will cover your glory. The violence you have done to Lebanon will overwhelm you, and your destruction of animals will terrify you. For you shed human blood, and you have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Of what value is an idol carved by a craftsman or an image that teaches lies? For the one who makes it trusts in his own creation. He makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to wood, come to life, or to lifeless stone, wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. So there we have the theme of, you know, I will use Babylon to judge you, but Babylon's time is coming. Every nation who lives unjustly will ultimately answer to me. And you have, you know, some beautiful, you know, beautiful passages that, you know, that we, we love, you know, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, you know, as we look far forward and hope uh, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Of course, that's something we deeply long for. And then right in the middle of condemnation of all those who are unjust, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness, which is quoted, you know, by Paul, mm-hmm. you know, in Romans. And uh, so there, there's some you know, nice little moments in here, but this is mostly, you know, pronouncement of God's judgment. And, and you see, you know, you see them, uh, you know, in their and comfortable lifestyle they're drinking and they're you know sexual promiscuity and all of these things and he said you'll answer for every bit of it my eyes are not closed i love the contrast uh, towards the end of the chapter or at the end of the chapter between the idols that are made mm-hmm. by the people by the craftsmen that just sits there um and he tr- trusts in this thing that he has has made with his own hands and then versus that very last verse the lord is in his holy temple um and he he's not sitting on a shelf somewhere he has yeah. not been created by hands he is holy and he is um he is god and um it just those verses remind me of Isaiah 46, where God's talking about all these idols that that they think are good for them, but end up actually becoming a burden to them. They have to carry them yeah, where they no, go. It's, it's a continued, yeah. And, you know, part of the you know complaint of the prophets is you, know, you trust in the things that your hands have made. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it, and you see that again. And it is you know, just a perfect end you know, to uh, you know, the Lord's answer to, you know, to you know, I'm in my holy temple. You know, let all the earth just kind of hush your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a reality that is bigger than the ones that you've been chasing and the things that you've, you know, you've you've gone after. Yeah, how many times do we have to hear from the prophets or the psalmist or, I mean, just so many passages in scripture that talk about you know our tendency to to build idols, to forge idols, and then also that the danger of well, you become like that which you worship, mm-hmm. you know, and and then that contrasted with with the true God, the God who we were meant to worship, the God we were created to worship. Um, I mean, man, it's just, it's almost like our tendency is to run towards idolatry. Mm. But <laughs> I, I love, you know, as God's responding to him, um, 
you know, we've mentioned this a little bit as we've been going through the prophets, but watching the prophets develop this idea of a cup, you know, in the cup of God's wrath. And uh-huh. he, he has a great kind of wordplay there. He says, woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors, pouring it out from the wine scale till they're drunk so they can gaze on their naked bodies. You'll be filled with shame instead of glory. Now it's your turn. Drink and let your nakedness be exposed. The cup from the Lord's right hand is coming around to you. Uh-huh. You know, and, and obviously as that cup gets developed, we see it moving into the New Testament where you know, they, Jesus asked the disciples, are you able to drink the cup that I'm going to drink? Right, and, 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 and by that he's, just, he's talking about experiencing God's judgment on the behalf of the people. And, and so you really have you know, two cups you know, in, the, in the Old Testament. One is a cup of judgment and the other a cup of blessing. And, and of course it's always beautiful when you come to the Lord's table. We know that he drank the bitter cup so that we might drink the sweet cup mm. and enjoy his, his, his blessing. Uh, you have, you know, verse 11, a couple of New Testament you know, allusions, the stones of the wall crying out. This is mm-hmm. you know, what Jesus said. If, if these, you know, if these people and these little kids are quiet, these stones would testify against you. And that's what he's talking about. The stones you're in the city of Babylon had witnessed all of this over the years. And, and so it's just like, you know, they've, they've watched you. They know what's happened. And the same thing's true. You know, the stones in Jerusalem had witnessed, you know, God's long suffering and his patience. And he said they, you know, they would give testimony against you. And, and so you, you have that. Then you also have that, you know, nice, you know, the translation here, you know, in, in, in the NIV, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. And that can be, you know, uh, we see it quoted in the New Testament, live by faith. And it's just a, a good way of realizing the nuance of, of what faith, you know, faith is. You know, faith is not simply, you know, a belief in theological propositions. Faith is a steadfast confidence that leads to faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So there's not a whole lot of separation between those two words, uh, you know, in either Hebrew or Greek. You know, you, you, you say faith, and a lot of times we want to just kind of consign that to an activity in the head. Mm-hmm. But faith also means faithfulness. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, it's, you know, I guess that you, you can help me with these great Reformation sayings, Matt. You know, it's, uh, you know it, uh, we are saved by faith alone, but the faith that saved is never alone. Mm-hmm. In other words, it issues, did I get that right? Yep. Or yeah, close? Right. Great job. Yeah, yeah so it, uh, true faith always issues in faithfulness and uh, you know we when we separate the two we really separate the heart of what it means to be a faithful people who live by faith which is something to examine for our own lives because it it is so easy to well i prayed this prayer I, I did this thing at this certain phase in my life but yet as you're reading some of this you're like well i still feel like i'm going after these empty idols over and over and over again yeah. and i feel like i'm just kind of living mm-hmm. for the flesh and food and pleasure and and so it is that the gospel does invite us in to continually examine our life right and not just the one mm-hmm. profession we've made but the daily dying to self to yeah. live for christ and that being a huge aspect of and, and that's a, you know another differentiation you know you, you you'll notice you know that it's it's saying that the righteous person you know will live by faith and, and sometimes we look at faith as a a transaction that happened once mm-hmm. where faithfulness is a devotion to a person that is ongoing and it and it does go through the highs and lows of of you know turning our hearts to idolatry and and belief and repentance turning back to god so that's a part of you know faith and faithfulness you know as well 
it, 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 so that's an interesting, I guess, you know, one author out there, you know, has, has kind of changed it, you know, salvation by allegiance. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what he's talking about, and that's a little strong, you know, because if you, if the emphasis falls on, you know, uh, on, on what we do to keep ourselves in the faith, and then we've also strayed. But it is, you know, the fact that if we've honestly believed in God, that it will lead us uh, to a pure devotion to God, uh, you know, that flows out of that. Heavenly Father, may that be true for us. May our faith not be an empty exercise where we uh, just you know, list a few theological propositions and kind of check them off. As a matter of factly, may every doctrine that we hold dear lead us to worship and may our worship lead us to be more faithful to you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.